Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Nothing much. A waiver wire Wednesday. Waivers went through in a lot of my home leagues. Oh my god, my home leagues went through. I forgot. You know, it's a brand new thing for us. Like a noon thing? Yeah, so it used to be overnight, and we switched to ESPN for the capability to do it at noon every day. And I just realized it's noon. I kind of like waking up on Wednesday mornings, like freaking out of my bed, like, who did I get? Oh my God, I'm so so nervous. (laughs) I'm so nervous. (laughs) I think the Scott Fishbowl just went through at noon as well. I put some claims in there. Okay, let's see what I got. Yeah, there's a lot of tight ends available in the Scott Fishbowl. I got Randy Marshall again. For how much money? I don't know. I gotta see how much I put on here. I enjoy that you were not really sold on Brandon Marshall yesterday, and you've ended up with him everywhere so far. Oh, God. Is that not, the sigh I mean, of a man who missed out on Quincy Inunua? Inunua was owned in this league. What? We, what? Inunua was a last-round pick in my home league in the 16th round. Looks pretty good right now. This stinks. Uh-oh. Get off your chest, Greg. I'm not happy. Uh-oh. I'm not. Um, so I added... I added... I'm not happy. Oh, I can't even see the auction report yet. This is... I'm bothered. I'm bothered. I'm bothered. Um, so I added Brandon Marshall for 12 bucks, And fine, the, I think the highest other bid, was, it looks like, was $9, which is fine. You know, no big deal there. But my, I also had a bid in. I didn't have a bid on it? Oh, I guess I can't feel bad about it. Because Philip Dorsett went for a dollar. I'm like, wait a minute, that's a really good price, a dollar? Yeah. And I must, I don't know how I didn't have a backup bid on him. I thought I had, bad, I, thought I had a backup bid. On Ridley, and it seems like I didn't. My backup bid was on Philip Lindsay. And how much did Philip Lindsay go for? Philip Lindsay went for fourteen dollars. Fourteen bucks. I spent twelve on Brandon Marshall. Twelve on Brandon Marshall. All right. Um, other Ted Ginn went for four bucks. It looks like Cole Beasley went for three. Did I not have? I thought I had a lot more waiver claims in than I did. I guess not. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed by this. I'm annoyed at myself. But what are you gonna do? The BJG. It's a bad job, Greg. I don't own many running On a waiver wire. Why do I own Brandon Marshall everywhere? Why am I the Brandon Marshall guy all of a sudden? <laughs> I feel like I talked you into him. I don't agree. I just thought I put a bid in that was like, all right, if I get a bid. For both my Brandon Marshall bids, it was if I get him, whatever. But I don't I mean, actually an 11 want them. or $12 bid out of 100 is not just like if I get him, whatever. But it is. It's week one. Like I, a $7, $8 bid is like, all right, if I get him. This is $4 more. It makes a difference. I don't agree with that. It makes a difference, Greg. I don't, I, I don't agree. 
All right, so how come when we're deciding how much percentage to tell people to bid on, right. why do we put a higher percentage for better players and a lower percentage for No, obvi- obviously, but obviously I'm not matters, but my 12 Yes, every number, every dollar matters. Quite obviously. What I just said. Yes, but the point the point is I don't think a $12 player and an $8 player, I don't think there's a huge difference there. There's not a huge difference, but there's a difference. Well, there's a $4 difference, obviously. I didn't think $12 would be good enough for Brandon Marshall. I didn't know I was the higher guy on Brandon Marshall. All right. So, I mean, for people who put bids in later or today or were wondering how much they went for, I mean, he only went for $9 in my home league. And the only reason why I didn't bid on him is because I didn't have anyone to drop in this league. I have, uh, have Chris Godwin on my bench, Mike Williams. I read it out to you yesterday. I have Frank Gore to pair with Kenyon Drake. I have Kenyon Drake. I have Isaiah Crowell. I have Kenny Stills. So I just didn't have anyone to drop. I'm wondering how often that becomes an issue for people in week one. Because there's no one that really like blew me away. I liked Brandon Marshall. I liked Phil Lindsay. But there was no one where I was like, okay, I'm willing to break the bank on this guy. Yeah. I, I, I agree. What's, what do you say breaking the bank is? How, how much would you say is breaking like 20 the bank? Like 20 plus. I agree. I agree with that. Like last year, remember, I lost David Johnson. I spent, spent like $22 out of 100 on whoever the backup was last year. It was somebody not good. Not good. It was... Um, I'm forgetting his name. It's escaping me. Same, actually. It was somebody that was terrible. And I think it, I liked him, though. <laughs> to be honest. Like, Stephon Taylor, is that who it was? No. Okay. I don't think so. All right. But yeah, it was a not good running back. And then when I lost David Johnson last week, I, uh, last year, I felt like I need that. I will say that if you, and we agreed on this yesterday, if you were a Leonard Fournette owner who, Leonard Fournette is not practicing today, not expected to practice, if you needed TJ Yeldon and he was available, that's 20. the guy we said go for over 20%. I, I agree. I agree with that. Where do I see, I don't know how, many, how much fab people have left over at ESPN. How do I do that? I don't know. ESPN and Yahoo are terrible. I am a huge advocate of uh, CBS Sports, although you have to pay for it. Yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, I'm out. Yeah. In my league, Phil Lindsay went for $19, Greg. Okay. So people talk like, about some of the players that were dropped, too. Yeah, so I'm going to start with the one that surprised me in my league. Um, Carson Wentz was dropped. And that is interesting. it came out this morning that he has not been cleared for contact yet. And Nick Foles obviously starting in week two. So he was dropped. And my, my quarterback in that league is Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't have another one. I think I drafted Alex Smith. I dropped him for somebody on waivers. Um, Carson Wentz is dropped. I'm like, oh, oh man. And I immediately like, put a bid in for him the next time waivers go through. And then I'm, I'm sitting here reading it. I'm just like, should I have a bid in for Carson Wentz? Like, I thought that was a really interesting drop. Yeah, I wouldn't. If I'm a Patrick Mahomes owner, I feel pretty good. I know it's only one week, but he threw for four touchdowns in week one. It was against the Chargers, and while they didn't have both, so they still have a pretty good secondary. So I feel pretty, pretty good about Patrick Mahomes. I know two of those touchdowns were just like little handoffs that kind of count as touchdowns, uh, as passing touchdowns. So that obviously inflated his day, but I feel very, very good about Patrick Mahomes. In a one-quarterback league, I don't think I would go out there and try and roster Carson Wentz. You just don't know when he's going to be back, A, and B, you don't know if he's going to be as effective as he was last year, even once he returns. All right, so I will cancel that one right now. Um, somebody else on, um, somebody else in my league picked up Ryan Grant for three bucks overnight. That's okay. Yeah, that was fine. But then they dropped him the first thing this morning to pick up Naheem Hines, who went um, did not get picked up. So he dropped Ryan Grant immediately and essentially spent three dollars on Naheem Hines. Naheem Hines was added in my league. This is a half point PPR league, five bucks, and they dropped Rob Kelly. Makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. Makes uh, sense. 
Some other moves that happened. Philip Dorsett for 12 bucks, Greg. I can't believe it was $1 league. my league. That was, that's, was very That's surprising. what's so interesting about Fab, right? Is like, it's, it's similar to, obviously, auctions. Like, when we tell people, you can't really plan for an auction. You don't know how much a player is going to go for. The same thing goes for in Fab. Like, we can tell you, in my opinion, Philip Dorsett was a 5 to $7 player. If someone really wants yeah. him and they want to pay $12 for him, there's no way of predicting that. Again, he went for a dollar in your league, so that's the beauty of Fab. You get him in one league for a dollar, you get him in my league for $12. In my other league, he went for $10, and I was the second highest bidder at 6 There you go. You know, so um, it, it, it's very interesting. Other players that in my league that got dropped, that, that, kind, of, that kind of surprised me, um, are... Hold on, look you know who got dropped for Philip Dorsett, Craig? Who? Dante Moncrief. Yeah, Must have been listening to the BFS yeah, yesterday. He's a goner. Um, others <laughs> he's are pro- a goner like he's dead. Albert Wilson dropped for Eric Ebron in my league. How about this? Somebody picked up Deshaun Jackson and dropped Cortland Sutton. Uh, ah, man. That's, I see you wanting to try and buy back in on Deshaun Jackson, but if you add someone, how much did he go for? So <laughs> he went for $12. He went for $12. The problem is... Can you spend $12 on a player you're not going to play this week? Because I don't think Deshaun Jackson's going to be ready. He's dealing with a shoulder injury the now, prob- too. The problem is, nobody else bid on Deshaun Jackson. Ooh, that's a bad feeling. Brutal feeling. That is a bad feeling. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. We didn't but even this talk o- about Deshaun this o- Jackson yesterday really as a waiver. Th- this owner, uh, Max, who a uh, fan of the show, listens to the show, makes fun of your hair uh, relatively <laughs> often. He Does doesn't he have like- hair himself? Uh, sometimes. He might just be jealous. He doesn't like believe. Sometimes he doesn't like believe in Fab. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What is sometimes he has? Well, sometimes hair? he has long hair. Does he like put on a toupee? Or? No, no. I mean, sometimes it's, it's very short and sometimes it's longer. Um, would he, you think? He doesn't like, you agree be- that he's jealous of my hair. He doesn't believe in Fab. Yeah, you told me about this guy. He doesn't believe in Fab. That's. I appreciate the support, but that's not a good way to live. He has $15 left. That's not a good way to live. Like to hear- Unless one of the players he ended up with was James Conner or Adrian Peterson. Um, he spent $13 on, on James Cook. It's, week, it's not even week two yet. He spent, would you like to hear all Max's fab bids? Yeah, I would, actually. All right. Uh, you should make this a segment. <laughs> Max's, Max's fab bids. It's going to be a one-week week, segment. Next week, it's going to be $0 bids. All right. All teams, where is it? Why does it say no recent transactions? That's just not true. Oh, my God. This is amazing. He spent $12 on Deshaun Jackson, $13 on Jared Cook. That's $25. He spent another $47 on Phil Lindsay. $47? $47 on Philip Lindsay. The next highest bid, in case you were wondering, wow, very interesting. The next highest bid was $32. Which is crazy. On Philip Lindsay. Yeah. Wow. Somebody spent 21. Someone spent 18. I didn't even wind up bidding. You didn't bid on Philip Lindsay. Your guy. No. Yeah, again, I mean, look, that's every league is different. $47 in yours, $32 bid, next close bid, and in my league, he goes for 19. So that's interesting. Uh, Max strikes me as a guy that you'd want to take to a strip club, Greg. Yeah, Max. Very careless with his money. Max would be very fun at a strip club, I think. (laughs) Just throw it all around, throwing throwing some five dollar bills at Philip Lindsay. Now, now welcome to the stage, Philip Lindsay, and Max is just up here throwing forty seven dollars fab at Max him. going wild, man. <laughs> Max gone wild. Yep, kind of crazy. That is- I play in a super flex league, Greg, and Ryan Fitzpatrick went for two dollars. Nobody else bid on Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Sam Bradford was dropped. I think that makes sense. So I think the case Keaton. Uh, I thought that made sense. Would you we feel comfortable yesterday. playing Ryan Fitzpatrick in a super flex league this week 
against the Philadelphia Eagles defense? Yes. Superflex, I'll do it. Yeah, I think he's a low-end QB, too. I'm with you there. I ranked quarterbacks last night. I have him just inside my top 24. Obviously, we know the Eagles have a great uh, front seven. The secondary at times last year especially could be had for fantasy points. Yes. Uh, I told Max, I just sent him a text message, and I said, we're currently talking about you. Do you want to call in? Oh, my God, me? I'll hold on. So I, I, Open up those phone lines for Maximus. There you go. He's, he's going on YouTube right now to, to check it out. We're, you know. uh, did, did any defenses get added in your league? Because I thought this was interesting. The Jets got added for four bucks yesterday, going up against the Miami Dolphins, obviously, this week. Uh, and then the Bears got added for two bucks. I'm mad at myself because... What I normally do, Greg, is I'll put in bids early in the day. I'll just put in like $1 bids to remind myself, like, go in later and change these. Right. I forgot to change my defensive bids last night. And I would have probably bid more than $2 for the Bears. So, uh, so I'm kind I of bid, mad at myself. So that. I actually bid um, $3 on the Jets. And that was, unfortunately, my backup to the Brandon Marshall one. Like the same, I was driving the same player. Yeah. And the Jets went for nothing. Um, somebody just put in a waiver claim, a $0 bid on them. And I just didn't get them. So I wound up, after talking to you, picking up Cincinnati. Is what I yeah, which doing. is what I've ended up with as well. I put a dollar on them. I had the right. Saints defense who are playing the Browns this week. Uh, the, there are a couple of def- there are a lot of defenses that got picked up actually. Uh, the Jets got picked up as I just mentioned. New England yes. got picked up this morning. I, I considered them against Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Yeah. I considered that. I decided against it. I could see it. But um, San Francisco got picked up. I think San Francisco since has gotten dropped. Uh, Washington and Houston as well. Washington interesting going up against Indianapolis this week with Andrew Luck and then okay. Houston. Houston I like because the Titans offense is kind of in shambles. And yeah, Houston makes sense. Houston's a good season-long play, too, but they were dropped in week one because they were facing the Patriots. Yeah, I so have I no, like pro- that. I I like have no that problem with the Houston one. I think the Texans were available in one of my leagues as well, but I actually put in for the Bears over the Texans. Would you agree with that, Greg? Uh, yeah, I like the Bears. For the season-long, right? I, I like the Bears season-long-wise. Um, in my other leagues, I look at the free agent acquisition report. Um, Jets. That's the only defense that got picked up. Yeah, look, I mean, a lot of people reacting to week one. Obviously, they're not going to do that every week. It was uh, their first defensive touchdown in something like 70 games. So, uh, obviously, they haven't had that. But the defense is hungry. New Jack City, right? Uh, Jamal Adams leading the charge. Um, So, look, I think they could be somewhat um, productive again this week against the Miami Dolphins who, yeah, they have Ryan Tannehill. Like, whatever. We're not, I'm not scared of the Dolphins often. Yeah. Actually, uh, I like the Jets quite a bit this week. If you can, if you can tease them down at two and a half, spread's currently at three. So, uh, so Frank, uh, Max wants you to know uh, your hair looks better this week. Oh, thanks. And he likes your beard currently. Oh, all right. Yeah. He should convince you to, gr- uh, to grow one. Uh, it's not going to happen. Is he on your kickball team? No. <sighs> Saying they could have put like a kickball like prop bet or like some kind of wager together right. where... If you fail, you have to grow a beard. Do you guys play or at ri- least a mustache? Do you guys do I'd rather rival- you just grow a mustache, Greg. <laughs> do you guys do rivalry week? Rivalry week in fantasy? Yeah. No. We do. Really? I think Max is my rival this year. <laughs> a rival- oh, so it's just like random? They like randomly set the rivalry week? So a rivalry like shouldn't change. It should be the same person every year, you'd think? Yeah. It's um, like the same as like, you know, NFL matchups or whatever. But we wind Cowboys up, and the Giants. We wind up changing it every year. <laughs> Right. I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, but do me a favor. Open up a phone line for Max. He, he, he wants to call in, and, and he heard us talking about him, and he wants to talk about is it. Is there added incentive um, in rivalry week for you? He said he couldn't get through. The lines are busy, and I appreciate you guys filling him up. Uh, he's calling my cell phone, which will not help him. 
Please. Greg, just edit your cell phone on the air. Put me on please. speaker and hold it to the microphone. Please don't call my cell phone. I can't. I, I cannot answer. There's one thing that Greg does not like. <laughs> it's when you call his cell phone while he's on the air. I don't like it. He's like, do not call me. I'm on the air. Is that so crazy? And it's Scott just calling up to be like, Greg, are no, we going to have your you. rankings this week? Scott's, Scott's calling you. <laughs> Uh, Frank, by the way, speaking of rankings, Frank got upset with me on Sunday when I called him out for something. It might have been the Adrian Peterson thing. Um, it might have been something else. He's like, all right, Greg, then publish your rankings. And I, I you, you could just see, you could just see that he was angry. Oh, Ma- yeah, there was anger behind that text. I, 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 I know. I'm going to get to Max after the break. Um, but I could tell he was angry. So I responded quite honestly. I was like, hey, you want my rankings? Just Venmo me. Frank did not respond to that text message. No, I didn't. <laughs> Of course I'm not going to respond to that text. You're baiting me in, Greg. I was baiting you. You got angry <laughs> because... Not fall for it. You, I wasn't even calling you out. I was just propping myself up. Publish your rankings, bro. I'm like, all right, dude. Hold yourself accountable, Greg. I do. You, you, know me. I, you know my rankings. They are what they are, man. Do you, so you make the color-coded rankings, obviously, for the draft. Do you do that each week? No. I'm sure you don't. No. There's no way. No. I was working very hard on QB, tight end, and defense last night. Will your rankings be ready for tomorrow's show? That's the plan. <laughs> uh, definitely we'll have the players that are playing in the Thursday night rank for you. All right, we'll talk about that, obviously, tomorrow. When we come back, uh, my buddy Max calls in, and we're going to go over s- some real or fake stuff from this past weekend. Chris Hogan, Amari Cooper, Derek Henry. What do you believe and what don't you? We'll go over it next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. with you on the fantasy best friends forever fantasy sports radio network you know what i i I love i love when somebody bids on a player i just got this text message this is from my buddy dan Dan. and he says thoughts on your free agent pickups and my undefended 13 dollars jack doyle bid how could nobody else bid on jack doyle i dropped 13 dollars i'm just like (laughs) i don't have to tell you man want some reassurance right yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I do kind of agree with it. So he was the guy that dropped. Should have been another bit on. He that he was the guy that dropped Ryan Grant after picking him up this morning, um, and for for Naheem Hines, he goes honestly, I only put it three dollars. I heard you on the show put yours at three dollars. <laughs> like, that's so messed up. Uh, well, this is the beauty, right? Yeah. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. That person a Colts fan, by the way? No, because they just picked up a bunch of Colts and dropped a bunch of Colts <laughs> and picked up some more Colts. He's not. He's a he's a Jets fan. Yeah, uh, Dan. I want to go out to my buddy Max, who's listening to the show, and we were talking about him. I wanted to give him a chance to call in, defend himself. What's up, Max? Yo, <laughs> What's going on, Maximus? Big fan of the show. What's going on? I am. Um, Ma- I am. I am loving. Loving the hair, loving the look. Greg, not so much. That's, that, that, couldn't agree more. That's couldn't fair, agree Max. More. Uh, Max, we are entering week two. You have $15 of fab remaining. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Greg, I know uh, you've spoken about my feelings on fab before. I, I really think this uh, fantasy money really is just a fantasy. Um, I think 
even by week one, I think most people have the handcuffs that they're going to want to be picking up. Um, I know injuries happen all year, but uh, those are just my beliefs. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know, I know you look at it differently than I do. You spent $47 on Philip Lindsay. Yeah, it's okay. You'll see what happens. Look at he likes him. Camaro last year. How much would you have paid for him? I would, have spent, I would have spent all my money on Kamara. But you, you think Philip Lindsay will be Alvin Kamara? Is that what you're saying? You never know. We won't know until we know. That's, that, that's true. And guess what? And if, he become, and if he becomes the next Kamara, then that $47 is well worth it, was it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. You also spent $13 on, on your boy Jerry Cooks. That's exciting. Listen, I got a little, as an Amari Cooper owner, you know, uh, Get a little nervous. Got to pick up another uh, another receiver over there, a tight end. Well, let me but, let me uh, ask you let me ask I you mean, this, Max. You're you're an owner of in our league. You're an owner of Amari Cooper and Derrick Henry, two players we were going to talk about on today's show. On a scale of one to ten, how how nervous are you on those two guys? Um, well, just keep my pants a little bit hearing both their names in the same sentence. Um, <laughs> I'm still I'm still confident with Cooper. I'm also still confident with Henry because. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now if Henry had that 62-yard touchdown yep. called back from uh, Delaney Walker, which really wasn't, really, you know, really wasn't a whole. I mean, he was getting face masked, so I can't, it's a little bit of you know BS. Um, I personally have been a fan of Henry. I had DeMarco Murray on that breakout season. What was that two years ago now? Yep. Um, I wanted to own Henry then. Always been a fan. I think the kid is just a he's a beast, mm-hmm. and you know I believe in him. I know there are stats. I know you can see you know shareholding, snap counts, blah, blah, blah. But I believe in, you know, what you see is what you know. And this guy, he's got it. And I really think, you know, week one is a little scary, but I really just see him churning the engines and, and really getting there. All right, Max. We're gonna, we're, we're, I like the football purist. This is great, right? We're going we're gonna to move on, Max. Do you have any parting thoughts uh, on, on your team or about anything before we let you go? Uh, yeah, Frankie, listen to this trade offer. <laughs> I was offered for, what did you, Geronimo Allison. <laughs> by Gweggy over here for Amari Cooper. He said it was a very fair trade. I'm thinking that's a WR3 in a crowded offense for, I think, a low-end, high-end uh, you know, wide receiver, too. What would you, what would you do there? Greg, you offered him Geronimo yeah. Allison for Amari Cooper? I, and my response, wa- my response was... <laughs> you sneaky snake, Greg. My response was, I yeah. wanted to see where he valued Amari Cooper. All right, I mean, so look, you if you just throw it out there and you knew that he wasn't actually going to accept it, he followed that up by offering me Amari Cooper and Cam Newton for Antonio Brown. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a fun game, right? You throw one crap offer one way, you throw another crap offer the other way. And then he was offered this morning by another member of our league. Uh, he was offered... Oh, God, ridiculous. What was this? Was Dalvin Cook? It was... Brandon Cooks. No, it was Hopkins, Freeman, and Crowell. Devontae Freeman and Isaiah for, Crowell. For, I believe, Dalvin Cook. And Nelson Aguilar. And who was the other? Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, and Nelson Aguilar. He gives up Hopkins? He gives up Hopkins, Devontae Freeman, and Isaiah Crowell. Max gives that up. For Dalvin Cook and Nelson Aguilar. You guys have a fun league, man. We do have a fun league. Most of it involves Max. That's wild. Uh, No trade offers yet in my home league. Let me throw this at you. Max actually made a trade already uh, on Monday night. Owen Fab and making trades. I love it. He does. He loves to make trades. Um, He made a trade. He traded Evan Ingram away for Isaiah Crowell. Who's your tight end now as a result of that? I have Cook and I have Eifert. Jared Cook and Tyler Eifert. That's not terrible. Yeah. If you need the running back help, I think it's fair. He made it before Isaiah Crowell's 60 yard touchdown. I think both players were kind of going in the same range during the draft, too. Like the yeah, sixth, seventh round. I agree. Makes I thought, sense. It's fair. I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a fair trade. I agree. Yeah, that's good. Good job, Max. All right. All right. <laughs> we appreciate the call, buddy. And I'll, uh, I'll talk Thanks, to you soon. Guys. There you go. Max Mason. There you go. 
Yeah, Max, uh, if you ever want to uh, come by the studio, you, you buy us both a beer. Yep. We'll buy you a beer. For sure. Uh, I also want Max to call in, in in five weeks when we when we know that Philip Lindsay is not Ivan <laughs> Kamara. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be happy to. Or he'll just clip that soundbite out when Philip Lindsay's like the RB1 He'll have to, in week six. If that happens, I'll let him host for me. Like, he can come in and host the I show. Mean, he can host the whole show by himself. <laughs> I mean, he can take my spot for a whole day. <laughs> I mean, we mentioned Amari Cooper and Derrick Henry, two players on sir. Max's team. And I asked him, as an Amari Cooper and Derrick Henry owner, like, what is his confidence level? And he, he's still excited about both of his players. And I get it. You drafted him two weeks ago or three weeks ago, um, and you're excited about them. Frank, let me start with Amari Cooper with you. You, yesterday, was all about, look at the matchup. Look how bad the matchup was for him. He was not going to succeed in this type of atmosphere. Of course, over the last two days since the game, John Gruden's obviously deflected all uh, problems away from himself, saying I wasn't the problem, but admitted like, we have to find a way to get Amari Cooper more involved. Where are you on Amari Cooper now, a day later, after you've had a data process? Yeah, so I was actually pretty, the more I looked into it last night, um, the more worried I actually became uh, because I just don't know when you're going to feel good about starting Amari Cooper, right? Like he's facing the Broncos this week. He faces, I believe it's Xavier Howard and the Miami Dolphins the week after. And look, Xavier Howard is no Patrick Peterson. He's no um, amazing shutdown corner, but he has been improving and, uh, you know, he he held Corey Davis to less than 50% of his catches last week. So, uh, and then I think it's the Chargers the week after that. So it's Casey Hayward. And maybe we should have been more on top of that, that like he's still going to see the corners in this division uh, in the AFC West. So I'm a little worried about it. The one thing that I will take away as a good thing. Yep. And this is per Pat Thorman, uh, PFF. Amari Cooper ran 45% of his routes in the slot. In week one, which seems awesome, right? Because last year, I believe that percentage was right around like 20%. Yeah, it was nothing. Yeah. So they're getting more creative with, uh, with Amari Cooper. The bad news is Derek Carr only targeted, targeted him once out of the slot. Now, they have Bradley Roby on the outside. Um, no, last week they had Marcus Peters on the outside. They had, uh, obviously, Aqib Tlaib on the outside. So it makes sense that they wanted to move him into the slot to try and get him open. But if you move him there and then you don't even draw a place for him, or, or if Derek Carr isn't even targeting him, I mean, you're doing something for nothing anyway. So, look, we mentioned Jared Cook doing what he did uh, as part of a game plan for the Oakland Raiders because they knew how good the outside cornerbacks were. Uh, Jordy Nelson was not targeted much in that game either. He only had four targets. So, I'm a little bit worried about Amari Cooper. I don't think there's, there's no way you can feel as confident as you were. Like, before the season, he was a high end wide receiver too. Right now, I don't feel as good about that. Yesterday, I said he's still a wide receiver too. And he's. Probably still in that range, like low-end wide receiver too, but I'm worried. I mean, he needs to come out this week, whether he's open or not. Derek Carr needs to target this guy eight to ten times. We absolutely need to see that in week two to feel totally, better. Totally, totally agree. I actually made a trade offer involving he, him he, as well. You give me a Robert Woods week out of Mari Cooper, even if it's like three for 37, at least he was like targeted nine times. Yeah, like and, him, and, and all that. over the field. We need to see the yeah. usage. I actually offered Florio in the Flex League yeah. yesterday. You don't have um, many trades in Flex. I did before the season started. I offered you Jordan Howard for Devontae Adams. One and I, for one. I countered that with something else. I believe else. it was Fitzgerald for Alex Collins or something like that. Wasn't crazy. Still wasn't crazy. Yeah, but you got Fitzgerald in the fifth round. And I got who cares about who cares about I could have taken Larry Fitzgerald in the third round if I wanted him there. Now, what round you got him? It was him before in. the season started. <laughs> okay, whatever. not what we saw in week one. Do you I don't want Larry Fitzgerald. Want to make the trade now? No. All right. I offered Florio, Alex Collins, and Amari Cooper. 
or one of his DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham. Amari Cooper and Hooper did for those guys? Alex Collins. Alex Collins and Amari Cooper. Mind you, his, his running backs are Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, yeah. Isaiah Crowell, Carlos Hyde. Yeah. He has really good wide receivers. Yeah, I'm out. So me and him have like the opposite of teams. Like us. I didn't, I didn't, like you and me. I didn't expect him to take it. No, I'm sure. But I just kind of threw it out there because I know Michael Florio is an Amari Cooper truther. That's true, too. So it would be interesting to see how Michael Florio feels about Amari Cooper right now. Let me go to the other player that Max has on his team. That's, that's Derrick Henry. He did have a 60-yard touchdown taken back on a Phantom, De- uh, Phantom Delaney Walker holding penalty. Um, that won't be possible anymore because Delaney Walker's out for the year. They force-fed Derrick Henry the ball early on. And then after that, he didn't get the ball anymore. As Florio texted us this morning, he played just 29% of the snaps for this Titans offense on Sunday. I know it's been a, start, a sloppy start-and-stop game with all the delays. I know Marcus Mariota got hurt. Um, but that has to be concerning, that number 29%. Yeah, it absolutely is. Pretty much 71% Deion Lewis, 29% Derrick Henry. So it was a completely even split. They didn't play on the field together. Uh, 70-30 in favor of Deion Lewis. And I mentioned yesterday, for the Tennessee Titans, it's very similar to the Oakland Raiders. It's going to be game flow dependent. And that's going to be hard to tell because, as you know, Greg, the NFL on any given Sunday is completely unpredictable. I mean, the Tennessee Titans can come out one week and end up smashing a team that we didn't expect that to happen with. So for running backs that are going to be game flow dependent, when you can't predict game flow, I mean, as much as we try to, like we look at point spreads and we say, you know what we would have said last week, Greg? The New Orleans Saints are 10-point favorites. They're going to be running out the clock in the fourth quarter with Alvin Kamara. What happened then? They were chasing points in the fourth quarter with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. Mind you, those guys still had great weeks because it's the New Orleans Saints. The Tennessee Titans are not the New Orleans Saints. So I think I'm more so worried about Derrick Henry than Amari Cooper. And and, and I'll ask you if you feel the same way about it. But, I mean, for a running back situation where you were drafting Derrick Henry on the third, late third, early fourth round that has now seemed like he is game flow dependent, I do not feel good about that. No, I feel terrible about Derrick Henry. And I was talking to Max before the show started, and he was like, I don't understand. You love Derrick Henry coming into week one. Like, you were really high on him. What changed? And I go, I didn't expect the usage. Like, I thought Derrick Henry would be the guy. Like, I thought well, what we saw in that opening quarter for Tennessee was going to be the deal throughout the game. Like, that's exactly what I expected. To be fair, that was a weird game. I, that's what I said. It was like, that's what I prefaced for seven yes. hours. They were trailing points. Marcus Mariota left the game with injury. So it was a super, super weird game for the Titans. And maybe this is an overreaction because I actually thought the Titans would be pretty competitive this year. I had them as one of my wildcard teams. I could have seen them going 9-7. and seven. So maybe there are a lot of games where they're actually in or they're in close games or they're winning a lot of games. And in those games, Derrick Henry is going to be great. But after week one, the Tennessee Titans did they not don't look have, like a great team. If, if they don't have a quarterback, that means they're going to be coming from behind a lot more. And, and I, mean, I have no it, idea what Marcus Mariota's injury is going to be. mild as of right now. He's expected to play. Is he, is he practicing today? I didn't see any practice reports yet for the Tennessee Titans. I can try and find that, though. Speaking of practice reports, I now, I now have a practice report from Atlanta. As Dan Quinn says, running back Devontae Freeman will not practice today. He is sore, though everything is structurally sound for Devontae Freeman. Um, everything looks like he's okay. The downside of that is... The Atlanta Falcons have had now a week off, essentially, right? Like, they played last Thursday and haven't played since. Everybody else played this past Sunday. Freeman still not practicing. How concerned are you with your boy? Not my boy. Certainly not my boy. I should ask you how you feel about him. 
Greg, you knew I didn't really like Devontae Freeman already coming in. He had the concussion injuries. He was dealing with knee injuries last year, especially for a running back who's already dealing with a bum knee. And not only that, he has Tevin Coleman breathing down his neck. He has the fact that Steve Sarkeesian does not call a bunch of passing plays involving Devontae Freeman anymore. And on top of that, he's facing the Carolina Panthers front seven this week. I do not feel good about Devontae Freeman in week two. If he's out, Tevin Coleman is easily a top 20, maybe top 15 running back. So you don't care about the Carolina defense anymore if Devontae Freeman's out? No, because I know that Tevin Coleman's going to see 20-plus touches. Sure. If Devontae Freeman's not there. So the, the usage and the opportunity outweighs the bad matchup. It does sound like he's going to be okay, but the question is how limited will he be this weekend, especially if Tevin Coleman starts rolling, right? Like they probably make sure that Devontae Freeman gets healthy. It's still it early takes, in the year. It takes one bad tweak for him to be out for the game again like we saw yeah. in week one against the Eagles. You know, it's, it's, to me, it, it does bother me a bit. This is an absolute disaster, Greg. I don't know how I let you talk us into drafting Devontae Freeman. Why do we do that? Well, it's because you made me draft Antonio Brown. Well, we sort of started wide receiver, wide receiver, like I told you. And we would have had Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen. Yeah, that's true. But then our top running back would have been Alex Collins. Well, Kenneth Dixon's out a few weeks. <laughs> so we feel good about that. Let me, let me go to your boy, who, Alex Collins. Honestly, right now, yeah. who do you feel better about? Uh-huh. Alex Collins or Devontae Freeman? In a vacuum, who do you feel better about? Probably Alex Collins. But, like, are we— They were drafted around apart. I know that, but are we overreacting a bit with Devontae Freeman? I know you were not in on him coming into the year, but it's a knee injury. I understand that, but everything seems structurally sound. He should be okay. Like, it's one week, and Devontae Freeman had four goal-line chances. Like, I understand he got hurt, but he had four goal-line chances. And didn't Yeah, That wasn't his fault. That, that wasn't his fault. It was bad play calling. <laughs> Oh, it was bad play calling. Hey, Greg, reminder, there's going to be pl- bad play calling all season long because Steve Sarkeesian's there. It's true. Devonta Freeman had three red zone carries in week one. Mm-hmm. He was tied for two, four, eighth. Eighth in the league. There was a bunch of people who had three carries inside the 20, including Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Alan Kamara, Marshall Lynch, and a bunch of other people. Let me continue on the negatives. Are they real, right? Like, let me get to Chris Hogan, for instance. Chris Hogan had one catch, and this week faces Jacksonville. How concerned are you about Chris Hogan? Yeah, this is pretty bad. This is bad, especially because, as I mentioned yesterday, we were expecting Chris Hogan to really, really help us out most in the first four weeks of the season where there was no Julian Edelman on this team. And now, a one week after putting up a dud, five targets, fourth on the team in terms of targets in week one, one reception, 11 yards, he goes up against Jalen Ramsey and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I spoke to Jim Day about this on Monday, and he said, look, Bill Belichick is extremely smart. If he saw something on film that said not to use Chris Hogan in week one and use guys like Philip Lindsay and James White and Rob Gronkowski. What did I say? He said Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay on the mind. Uh, Philip Dorsett. And, and if Chris Hogan wasn't part of the game plan, and he, w- he just wasn't going to be targeted. Now, may, maybe it, they bounce back in week two and they find something on film where uh, Chris Hogan is part of the game plan. I just don't see how that's possible. Right. If he's matched up with Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Bouye, it doesn't matter. I mean, they can move him inside the slot if they want to, but as I mentioned, Philip Dorsett was running a lot of the slot in week one, which we didn't really expect. So maybe they get creative. Uh, they change things up one week to the next. Maybe they move Dorsett more so to the outside and they run Chris Hogan in the slot. Again, we're not going to know that until once the game starts. Obviously, Bill Belichick is not going to show his hand. A lot of negative right there with Hogan and Cooper and Henry. 
There's some positives too over the weekend. Were that was that real? We'll try to break that down when we return. It's your fantasy best friends forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package with promo code FNTSY. You smell what the rock is cooking? <laughs> Bet DSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at Bet DSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. Using promo code FNTSY, Bet DSI is offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code FNTSY and try BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. The promo code is F-N-T-S-Y. Head on over and start winning today. Also, Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's a fun and recreational place to play with smaller leagues and flatter prize pools. They have free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contests. Sign up today and go to FantasyFactor.com. That's FantasyFactor.com. Hey, Frank. Hey, Greg. I noticed you had a stat in the day in here. I want to give you the opportunity to read it. And it has to do with someone we're constantly debating whether he's real or fake himself. Bigfoot. That is Jared Cook. And I wanted to mention that the Broncos allowed 116 yards and a touchdown to Seahawks tight ends last week. Reminder, that was Will Disley and Nick Vanette, who I think only caught like 16 of those yards and everything else was Will Disley. But still, they got torched by Will Disley. Jared Cook faces Denver in week two, one week after playing 90.54% of the snaps and seeing 30% of the target share, I actually have Jared Cook ranked inside my top 12 at tight end this week, Greg. So you're, you're buying the Bigfoot. I think it's a very, very similar situation to last week, right? The Broncos have strong corners sure. on the outside. They have Chris Harris. They have Bradley Roby. Roby wasn't amazing in week one, but uh, they still do value those cornerbacks in Denver a whole, a, a whole lot. So um, they showed... That there's one area that where they do struggle, it's against tight ends. I think Jared Cook can have another solid game. He has a good chance to show that he's not Bigfoot after all in Week Two, Greg. So if you picked him up, he's uh, he's just barely inside my top twelve. I think I have him as my twelfth ranked tight end. But I think there's actually some decent streamers this week. Actually, I lied. No, I can't do that. Actually, I did. I, mo- I moved Jared Cook all the way up to number nine. <laughs> this debate was amazing. This internal debate was amazing. This, this is what I do when I'm at home, too. Like, do I want to move that guy up that high? I have Jared Cook ranked as my ninth tight end this week. He's ahead of Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram. You look at me like I'm crazy. I don't know. Oh, Kyle, like, Ru- Kyle are, Rudolph's usage is very scary. So people are hating on Kyle Rudolph because of this usage thing. Well, use, one week, he wasn't right? used in the preseason at all. There right. were plenty of reports that came out that said Kirk Cousins and... Kyle Rudolph are not on the same page, that they were not hooking up in practice at yes. all throughout training camp, and Kirk Cousins has looked great throwing the ball to his receivers yes. in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, yes. and targeted Dalvin Cook a ton in that first game. 
So, I mean, a lot of those short to intermediate stuff, if that if those are going to Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook rather than, you know, Kyle Rudolph, Rudolph's really just going to be a boomer bust if he scores a touchdown. And I know you say that about a lot of tight ends. For but sure. I was expecting Kyle Rudolph to be much more involved between the 20s as well, just based on the usage we saw out of Jordan Reed when Kirk Cousins was with Washington. That has not been the case so far in the preseason and so far in week one uh, between Kyle Rudolph and Kirk Cousins. I'm a little bit worried about that situation right now. I think it's fair. I, I think we're going to see the chemistry develop. I'm not worried about Kyle Rudolph yet. He scored a touchdown. I'm not worried about him yet. Was that, I believe that was his lone target of the game. I thought he was, it was one of the two targets now. Oh, sorry, Greg. One of two targets. Two targets. I know. Derek Cook was targeted 12 times. I know. Well, I'm not expecting 12 targets again, but I think we could see six through eight. Six to eight targets for Jared Cook in week two. I think that's a real possibility. I don't disagree with you. I I I don't disagree with you. Kyle Rudolph, two targets. 844-843-6879, uh, Let me get to some of the good stuff from over the weekend. We were talking about this during the break. Which one of these guys do you start? And one of the players you included was Kenny Stills, who had five targets, third on the team, but had four receptions for 106 yards and two touchdowns. A lot of fantasy owners absolutely love Kenny Stills coming into this year, and for good reason. Devontae Parker not expected to play once again this weekend. Kenny Stills, I guess, the de facto number one wide receiver on this team. Is Kenny Stills for real? I think so, especially based on the snap percentage as well here with the Dolphins wide receivers. Kenny Stills led all Dolphins wide receivers with 95.16% of the snaps. The next closest was Danny Amendola with 72%, Albert Wilson 54%, Jakeem Grant 40%. You want to see the targets go up for Kenny Stills, but you love that he was both targeted down the field and he was targeted inside the red zone and converted both of those into touchdowns. So when you give a wide receiver opportunities and they make plays and they capitalize on those, that's going to lead to more opportunities. Obviously, it just came out today as well that Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill have a lot of trust in Kenny Stills. Well, I think it's clear. Yeah, I mean, once you make plays like that, you're going to earn yourself more opportunities, and I think that's exactly what Kenny Stills, he was already the player, uh, the wide receiver who was playing the most on this team based on the snap percentage. So I do expect him to be you know, a high-end wide receiver three this week going up against New Jack City, the Jets secondary, Greggy. We're still doing this? What do you mean we're still doing this? It just started. What was the second time you mentioned it now? Well, I mentioned it during the break. Well, yeah. Like, you know. So I thought maybe... Just after- because I mentioned it during the break, it doesn't mean, you know, our listeners and watchers know that I call them New Jack City. You just wanted to get your point across. Well, I mean, it's pretty fun. I'm a Jets fan as well. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the Giants secondary? Bad. <laughs> There's some bad apples in that secondary, uh, Greg. Sure is. Sure is. Nah, Eli Apple played a pretty good game in week one, though. Tyreek Hill, much like he did it in week one last year, was a superstar. We were thought we're killing ourselves after week one last year for not believing in Tyreek Hill as a potential wide receiver one. We're doing it again this year, as he had eight targets, seven receptions, 169 yards, two touchdowns, leading the team in every statistical category, so much so that Kareem Hunt was an afterthought. Of course, Tyreek Hill also started off the game with a 91-yard punt return for a touchdown. He was ridiculous. He's not going to have three touchdowns every week, but... Did we once again underestimate Tyreek Hill? Yeah, we absolutely did. And, you know, we saw it more as preseason went on um, that he was going to be the go-to guy for Patrick Mahomes, and it absolutely seems like he is. 
I mean, with that being said, he played 71% of the offensive snaps at wide receiver. Sammy Watkins actually played 91%, but it doesn't matter. Sammy Watkins is a ghost. He's on the field for 91% of the plays. That's 20% more plays than Tyreek Hill. To, to put that in perspective, that's 11 more plays where he's on the field. Mm-hmm. And he was targeted significantly less than Tyreek Hill was in this game. So I believe in Tyreek Hill... Um, the fact that he did it against Casey Hayward and the Chargers secondary, I think that just proves that he can do it against anybody. He's matchup proof. Uh, he only needed 105 targets last year to be a top five wide receiver. Uh, the eight targets in week one, if he gets that throughout the season, that'll put him on pace for about you know 120, close to that. And if he does that, he's a top five wide receiver once again. Greg, I ask you, I, I asked Jim Day this uh, on Monday as well. Is he the most electric player you've ever watched play? That would be The Rock. Back at the U? Is that what we're talking <laughs> the about? The most electrifying player. The most electrifying player. Yeah. That was pretty good. Thanks, dude. But uh, is he? Is Tyreek Hill the most electrifying player I've ever seen? No. He's not? No. Who would that be? Michael Vick. Michael Vick. Michael Vick in his prime was the most electrifying player I've ever seen. Yeah. That's hard to argue. A name that came to my mind was Chris Johnson. To okay. just make something out of nothing, score from anywhere on the field. I get what you're score saying. Score a 90-yard touchdown at any point. He was a guy that could run one way, reverse it back the other way, sure. and take it 90 yards to the house. Uh, he was a name that came to mind, but, man, he's up there. I mean, Tyreek Hill's up there. There are a couple of other running backs, and I'm, I'm just having this picture of them doing the exact same thing, running one way, running all the way. Russell Wilson is very electrifying as well, thinking about other quarterbacks. Michael Vick is more electrifying. Yes, easily. Uh, absolutely. I was but like, those are guys that immediately came to mind. For me, I think. He's efficiency proof. Obviously, we have all these stats. This is one of the players where, that Max was talking about where this is the eye test. Where like all, right. the, all the efficiency numbers right. and everything that we say, oh, regression is coming. We said the same thing for right. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara needed 17 touches to put up 46 PPR points in week one, Greg. The same thing goes for Tyreek Hill. He only needs eight targets to put up what, 170 yards and two touchdowns. He's the eye test player. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to regress because he can just score from anywhere on the field. And we've seen that for, you know, two seasons now. Let me ask about another player that didn't exactly have as much usage but still produced a lot. And that was Isaiah Crowell, who had 10, t- 10 touches, uh, 102 yards rushing, uh, and two touchdowns. He got a goal line carry, and he burst it down the right sideline for like a 60-yard touchdown or so. Only 10 carries, and Bilal Powell once again got the start for the Jets. Are you concerned by the fact that Powell is extremely involved or are you unconcerned because of how good Crow was when he did touch the ball? So this is kind of a... I am concerned, but I'm not concerned with Isaiah Crow. <laughs> Thanks, man! I'll, I'll, show, I'll, show, I'll show you why. And it's because they both played 40% of the snaps and both looked extremely explosive. But what I will say is that Isaiah Crowell saw four carries inside the red zone on Monday and Bilal Powell saw zero. And I know one of those was during a drive. I think he got poked in the eye, and you saw him go to the sideline, and he was kind of like pointing to his face that something had happened. Um, maybe if that didn't happen, they would have just left Bilal Powell on the field for that drive. But it seemed like whenever they got inside the red zone, Isaiah Crowell was the go-to guy. And plus, you saw the explosiveness. Bilal Powell looked explosive as well. But to, to be able to score a 60-yard touchdown um, from Isaiah Crowell, and the way that they used him in the preseason, you know, lining him up as a wide receiver, I'm very excited about both of these guys. I still do think that they're both high-end running back threes. They're going to be flex plays week in and week out. But if something were to happen to Bilal Powell or vice versa, I think either one of these guys moves up as a top 20 running back. But regardless, 
I think they're flex plays week in and week out. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, with that, let's sign off YouTube for now. Uh, coming up next, Fantasy Football Frenzy with, of course, the fantasy executive, Corey Parson, the closer, Chris Ventra, and the fantasy Taz, Jim Day. They will answer all of your questions, take your calls, do their thing. If you're listening to us live on the radio, live on a podcast, uh, we'll be here for the next five minutes. So make sure you give us a like, subscribe to our channel, and make sure you give us five stars and leave a comment. For the rest of the show, we get to you at 844-843-6879. And we begin with Devin in San Antonio. What's going on, Devin? Hey, guys. How are you all today? Doing great, man. Uh, all right. So I'm in a uh, two-flex league, 10-team uh, ten, uh, ten two-flex, uh, full-point PPR. Um, I just lost Delaney Walker. And um, I'm thinking about pairing a couple of my running backs together to trade for uh, a better uh, tight end, maybe like a Kelsey or a Jordan Reed. My uh, running backs right now are like Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, uh, Jay Ajayi, Mark Ingram, Aaron Jones, and Royce Freeman. So do you think I should uh, pair like two of those running backs together to go for like a Kelsey, or do you think I should just like grab somebody off waivers? To me, I, I, like, I like the depth uh, a lot. And while you can do the, the Kelsey thing, I got to go, go after waivers. I, I would save this depth a little bit longer, see what it turns into. You know, who knows what Ajayi will ultimately be. Kenyon Drake kind of has to figure his stuff out. Uh, you don't have Mark Ingram back until week five, and he's on a bye in week six. I'm going to hold with your depth, and I'd rather spend some money on the waiver wire. I'm with you, Greg. Uh, I don't mind shopping these guys, though. Like, I'd throw them out. I wouldn't do a two-for-one. I would. I think one of Royce Freeman, Kenyon Drake, Jay Ajayi, one of those guys can easily bring you back a you know top three, top five tight end. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, you probably could trade you. Could certainly trade like a Royce Freeman for like Evan Ingram if you wanted to do it right now. I wouldn't do that. I'm not saying you will. No, I'm I think, saying you I think could. Zach Ertz makes more sense. Something like that. A guy Why is Zach Ertz owner doing that though? I mean, they were both go- like. I don't Royce care Freeman where they were drafted, going- dude. It means yes, nothing but, to me anymore. Just look at the way that they were used in week one, too. Right. I mean, Royce Freeman still. Uh, I saw a stat yesterday from Brad Evans. He saw the highest percentage of stacked fronts in week one. Still ran 15 times for 71 yards. So did Phil Lindsay. That's nearly, yeah, but he didn't see the same number of stacked fronts. Basically, when Royce Freeman was on the field, opposing teams knew that they were running the ball. And he was still able to run 15 times for 71 yards, which is nearly five yards a pop. So I feel good about Royce Freeman. I actually think, you know, if someone's freaking out about him right now because of Lindsey, I would look to buy low on him. I I think that's a good decision right now. But I think that you can turn one of these running backs, even if it's Jay Ajayi. I mean, if you wanted to sell high on Ajayi to get, like, Zach Ertz, so you don't have to worry about your tight end position all year long, you can do that. I'm with you. I would keep the running back depth, though, and just kind of uh, pick up a tight end off the waiver wide. There were a lot of guys from Jared Cook, uh, John U. Smith, obviously, uh, Ian Thomas. Take a shot on one of these guys. See what happens in week two. Uh, maybe that guy pops off, and then you, it, it turns out that you have a borderline tight end one for the rest of the year. If not, later on, once you get Mark Ingram back, make a trade, and you can lock down your tight end position. Let's go out to Patrick in Florida. What's going on, Patrick? What's happening, man? Hey, uh, so I have uh, about eight wide receivers on my roster, and I'm looking to start three of them. I wanted to know what you guys thought. I got uh, Landry, Galladay, Lockett, Chris Hogan, Funches, Godwin, and Allison. So you got to start three of those eight. Obviously, Jarvis Landry immediately goes into your lineup, so that's seven. Um, two guys, Frankie, Chris Godwin, Geronimo Allison, Devin Funches, Chris Hogan, Tyler Lockett, and Kenny Galladay. Pick two. It's Galladay, Lockett, Hogan, Godwin, 
Hogan. Hogan's out. Hogan's out, okay. Um, Dolly going up against San Francisco. Tyler Lockett going up against... Chicago. And Chicago. God, this is such a mishmash of, like, wide receiver threes. To me, the next guy in that I'm putting in, I don't know if you're going to agree with this. I'm putting Sean in Devin Funches. Uh, out. I'm uh, putting Chris Godwin. I'm putting in Devin Funches. I feel good about Funches without Greg Olson. He's facing Atlanta. That's not scary by any means. Devin Trufant. Whatever. Whatever. It is whatever. Um, I think I would go Galladay and Godwin. I think I would go... But it's close. I mean, all these guys are going to be ranked very close. Yeah, if Deshaun Jackson doesn't play, I would, I would go Godwin and Funches. That's fair. I don't expect Deshaun Jackson to play. He's dealing with a concussion. It just came out. He's dealing with a shoulder injury as well. Oh, I didn't see that. Geronimo Allison going up against the Vikings outside cornerbacks. We liked him as a waiver ad. He's, he's the third, though. He's the third wide receiver, which could be good. Like, Devontae Adams could, could be Rhodes no, I think this is more so a matchup for Randall Cobb. Because they use him more so in the slot, um, and he's not going to see one of Xavier Rhodes or Trey Waynes in that matchup. Uh, Kenny Galladay, we saw his usage in week one. I don't think the 49ers secondary is that great. Um, even if they use Richard Sherman, I think he'll be more so on Marvin Jones. Uh, so I like Galladay a lot this week. It, it, I, Lockett is there too, but um, if Deshaun Jackson's out, I think there's a lot of opportunities for Chris Godwin this week. All right, fair enough. Um, we're going to do more start and sit, of course, over the next two days. We're going to answer all of your questions. I know... I obviously have a bunch of questions. You obviously don't like Chris Hogan this week against Jacksonville. Uh, like for me on my team, like the other options I have are Cooper Cup, <laughs> Cooper Cup, <laughs> Cooper Cup, and Cooper Cup. And Geronimo Allison, I could start. Yeah, no, I like Brandon I like, and Brandon Marshall. I like the Cooper Cup a lot too. Would it matter if I also have Robert Woods? I would start Cup and Woods. You know, I looked at. I asked you during the break, who is going to match up with Patrick Peterson this week? Pro Football Focus has Robert Woods match up with Patrick Peterson. So maybe you start. But again, that's something where we won't know until the game starts. Yeah. Obviously, defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, uh, obviously a defensive mind for Arizona. We don't know what he's thinking. He can easily be saying, "I'm going to take Brandon Cooks out of this game. Let me uh, let me have Robert Woods or Cooper Cup try and beat me." I think my team's going to get walloped this week. This is not Cooper good. Cup is the one that I feel safest about of all the receivers because he's going to be matched up with Buda Baker, which is actually a good matchup in this slot. All right, there you go. Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next. For Frank Stample, my name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope.